0: Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I have no life. This week, we begin our sleep crusade, and this week is the first time I've ever had to re-record an episode. Very sad. Personally, let's begin on the note that there is a toxic culture these days on how sleep is unnecessary, a culture that makes people believe that the dreamers, the visionaries, the Steve Jobs, and the people that are uber productive don't sleep. Many of the people that championed this culture in history ended up getting Alzheimer's later in their life, and we'll understand that more later. This culture is mortally unwise, though, and today we'll discuss why, but not only do those that avoid sleep live a shorter life, their brain reduces the figurative color they can experience in life. So for the next three to four weeks, we'll talk about how this enigmatic and confusing concept of sleep works. Sources can be found on the Notion page in the description of the episode. It has more information on the research, it has more research written into it, and all the sources, again, are put into there. So starting off we have circadian rhythms also writing this script i didn't put many transitionary words like although however continuing on so a lot of it will feel like bullet points i wanted to try uh, this speech in a sort of way where i talked without those transitionary words because i use them a lot and so i was so this one is written in that way so if it seems a little jagged that's why Now, circadian rhythms, uh, the circadian rhythm is a biological block that controls physiological processes and activities including sleepiness, body temperature, hormone circulation, behavior changes, digestion, and more. This circadian rhythm is controlled by a circadian oscillator found in nearly all organisms on the planet, even plants. The circadian oscillator in humans can be found in the suprachiasmatic nucleus, the SCN, in the hypothalamus. In the SCN, there are multiple circadian oscillator neurons that Control this internal master clock of mammals. The circadian rhythm naturally shifts as you age. It'll become less powerful, to say the least. You'll feel less energetic in the morning and less tired at night. As such, with age, sleep becomes less restorative and less deep, avoiding some of the most important stages. involved in sleep. Similarly, sleep will change as you age. Babies sleep about 11 to 14 hours a day. Toddlers sleep 10 to 13 hours a day. Ages 6 to 12 sleep about 9 to 12 hours a day. Adolescents or teenagers sleep about 8 to 10 hours a day. And adults sleep about 7 to 9 hours a day. And you should not be going above or below those numbers. How this circadian rhythm relates to sleep is that it's the clock that determines when you should be going to sleep, known as process C of sleep, C for circadian rhythm, of course. And this circadian rhythm is set by genes and cannot be changed and differs to person to person. We know the genes involved in this, and some of the most influential ones are the clock gene. Yes, clock, quite creatively and incredibly named the PER1 gene, the PER2 gene, the PER3 gene, ARNTL, and NR1D1 gene. These genes give you a chronotype. A chronotype determines your disposition towards sleep more so. Of course, your chronotype will also predispose you to hormonal things and Uh, whatever else the circadian rhythm affects, which we spoke about earlier. But this chronotype will determine if you're a night owl, meaning a night owl or an evening type, uh, meaning you tend to feel sleepier later in the night, about 12 p.m. to 12 or 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., waking up between 7 to 9 a.m. This is about 30% of the population. Or you could be a lark, a morning type, meaning you tend to feel sleepier earlier in the day, 8 to 9 p.m., and you wake up at around 4 to 6 a.m., Uh, This is also 30% of the population, while the other 40% of the population doesn't really lean strongly either way. If you identify as a night owl or you're an adolescent, current society, including work and school, is structured against you. It's structured for people that sleep earlier and forces those that feel sleepier later in the day to try to sleep earlier, which is really hard for them to do, and makes people believe that they may have insomnia when they don't. Because of these societal structures, night owls have higher risks of anxiety and depression, twice the risk for substance use disorder, higher risk of subclinical mania, higher risk of cardiovascular disease, and higher hypersomnia, which means sleeping too much. While Lark's, those that those that sleep early have a higher resistance towards impulse control disorders and depressive disorders and higher conscientiousness in the five-factor model. Going back to how night owls are meant to sleep at a later time and try to sleep at an earlier time and get screwed over, we get to circadian misalignment. Not only are you supposed to sleep seven to nine hours, we will be going under the seven to nine hour presumption uh, uh, if you're younger than this, again, you're doing 8 to 10 probably, but most of the research is on adults, and so it is a 7 to 9 hour window that we will be talking about more so throughout this episode and the rest of the episodes. And so not only do you have to sleep for those 7 to 9 hours, but you have to sleep at the right time according to your circadian clock. So if you feel tired at around 8 to 9 and your genes say that you should be asleep at nine o'clock, and you decide to sleep at 11, bad things will happen. Uh, and these are some of them: increased risk of certain cancers, lower immune function, increased inflammation, higher risk of cardiovascular problems, increased risk of obesity and diabetes, higher risk of neurodegenerative de- neurodegenerative diseases, uh, higher risk of of mood or mental health disorders, memory and cognitive deficiencies, both short and long term, feelings of fatigue throughout working out waking hours, increase in gastrointestinal dis disorders, increased risk of negative pregnancy outcomes, increased risk for developing metabolic diseases, impairment in autonomic function, and it takes other and it makes other medical problems worse. Uh, If you're thinking about people that work night shifts, which probably no one is, why would you do that? You are listening to this podcast because you don't know these things. Night shift or shift workers are liable to these effects because Human beings are diurnal creatures, regardless of if you're an evening type or a morning type, no one is nocturnal, like owls who sleep during the morning and hunt and do their other stuff during the night. Human beings are diurnal, all of them, you, me, and every other human being on this planet is diurnal, meaning that they sleep at night and they wake up in the morning. So in one study, they took 14 shift workers and had them report their mood and well-being under conditions of circadian alignment, meaning they slept when their clock when their genetic clock told them to, and circadian misalignment, meaning they didn't sleep when their circadian clock told them to. And very consistent over the course of every test day, those undergoing circadian misalignment reported worse mood and well-being. Moreover, the mood and well-being decreased more and more throughout the day after circadian misalignment. There are a lot more studies listed in the source material in the description, but shift work, night shift jobs, have been classified by the World Health Organization as a possible carcinogen, meaning a possible cause of cancer. Night shift jobs are extremely detrimental to one's health. Another giant circadian misalignment experiment conducted in over 60 countries around the world twice a year is called Daylight Savings Time you've probably heard of it, in the spring where people lose one hour of sleep or they have their sleep shifted by one hour forward. The next day, relative to the day before, there is a 20%, 24% increase in heart attacks, there's an increase in car accidents, and even an increase in suicide rates. And in the fall, where people get one hour of sleep back, we see heart attacks decrease by 21% relative to the previous day. And the similar statistics for the other issues, so car accidents decrease and suicide rates decrease. Uh, circadian misalignment is a problem. Not only do you need to sleep for eight hours, but you also need to sleep at the correct time according to your biological clock. And if you feel like you don't have a strong pre- pre- uh, a strong propensity for sleep at night, it's likely because in the morning you don't experience enough natural light, and then at night you don't experience enough darkness. We humans these days are a dark deprived society, but not only that, we're a light deprived society. We don't get enough sunlight in the morning that tells that because light is light and temperature are two very big factors in your circadian rhythm. It, It runs based on light and temperature. And so your eyes and your skin getting the sunlight will tell your circadian rhythm to do a lot of things. And later at night, you need darkness. But we have artificial light everywhere. And so our brains aren't getting the correct signals that say, oh, you should feel sleepy now. Like there was one experiment where they took people to the Rockies. And what they found was that those people, they slept a lot earlier than they thought they did or thought they were supposed to. There was no uh, there was no technology or anything, not even lamps. They were just going by the sun. And not only did they sleep earlier, but they also slept longer and better. It's this delight that we have in our society uh, really does mess with our circadian and biological clocks. And so uh, open the windows in the morning and turn the lights down at night. But we'll discuss that more uh, when we talk about how to sleep better. Now we get to the fun stuff. Uh, Sleep Deficiency. Sleep deficiency causes the following physical symptoms. Lower immune function, increased chronic inflammation, increased risk of cardiovascular disease, and 45% increased risk of heart attack. Irregular blood sugar levels, highly increased risk of Alzheimer's disease, higher risk of motor accidents, less attractive appearance, lower testosterone for men, increased risk of obesity, and along with that, an increased propensity to eat unhealthy food Foods increase all cause mortality, or as the research paper said, chances of dying reduces effects of vaccines and antibody production, which is relevant right now. Uh, and if you're a doctor or a medical student, Medical residents working 30-hour shifts are 460% more likely to make diagnostic mistakes in the ICU, 460. Those same residents have a 116% increased chance of getting in a car accident going home, and senior surgeons under six or less hours of sleep have a 170% increased risk of a major surgical error which is very fun. Uh, Now on to some studies. Uh, You heard about beauty sleep before, probably. In one study, they took 23 healthy adults and photographed them after a full eight hours of sleep and after 31 hours of wakefulness. The photos were randomized and shown to 65 untrained observers who rated the photographs. They found that sleep-deprived people were rated as less healthy, more tired, and less attractive than after a normal night of sleep. In another study 25 healthy participants were photographed after sleeping a full 8 hours for 2 days and then photographed at a later date having slept for f- having slept 4 hours for 2 days 122 Raiders that saw 50 facial photos, two of each subject, one of each condition, in a pseudo-randomized order, found that they were less likely to want to socialize with subjects who were sleep-restricted. Sleep-restricted subjects appeared less attractive, and sleep-restricted subjects appeared less healthy and more sleepy. People don't want to talk to you much if you're sleep-deprived. There's also a causal link between Alzheimer's and sleep deficiency. The reason for this will be discussed further in a later episode when we talk about how sleep works and what it does. Uh, A meta-analysis that looked into the sleep duration of over 1.3 million subjects found that short sleep duration, less than seven hours, was associated with a 12% greater risk of death. And for those who think you'll sleep for 15 hours after this episode, hypersomnia is related to a 30% greater increase in all-cause mortality. As for your immune system, there's a really cool subset in your immune system called natural killer cells. They kill cancer cells that appear in your body. In one study, they found that losing four hours of sleep for just one night will decrease your cancer fighting cells by 70%. percent. One thing you'll notice is that a lot of these percentages are pretty big numbers. Not only are they statistically significant, but they are non-trivial. Sleep loss is a truly detrimental thing. Finally, sleep deprivation changes your genes. Yes, your genetic code, the fiber of your being, will change if you lose sleep. And you might think that four hours of sleep is a lot, but what about two hours? In one study, they took a group of healthy adults and subjected them to six hours of sleep for one week, an amount that many people can relate to. Then, They compared the genes of those participants to when they had slept a full eight hours. They found that 711 of the subjects' genes changed. 444 genes were down-regulated, meaning they were basically turned off, and 267 genes were up-regulated, meaning they were more prevalent or turned on. The genes that were turned off were related to immune function, so lower immune function, and the genes that turned up and turned on were related to tumor promotion, long-term chronic inflammation, and stress that leads to cardiovascular diseases. Now, let's talk about the mental effects of sleep deficiency. That was only part one. Losing sleep at night Will cause the following lower emotional regulation, slash poor emotional affect, increased tendency towards social isolation or loneliness, increased prognostic towards anxiety, increased prognostic towards depressive disorder, decreased cognitive function, slash cognitive impairment, changes in neuronal plasticity, decreased memory capacity, increased sensitivity to positive stimuli, decreased sensitivity to negative stimuli. In one study, they looked at the difference in the brains of sleep deprived people versus sleep sufficient people using fmri functional magnetic resonance imaging and showing the participants pictures of negative stimuli they found a 60 percent increase in amygdala activation from the sleep deprived blue group, and a three times increased volume in the amygdala for sleep dep- for the sleep deprived group. The amygdala is involved in anger, fear and negative emotional responses in the brain. So more amygdala means increased propensity towards negative emotions. And the part of your brain involved in controlling those emotions right behind your eyes is called the medial prefrontal cortex, MPFC in the study, they also found a significantly lower connection between the amygdala and the MPFC. So the part of your brain involved in promoting negative emotion was up and more active. And the part of your brain involved in controlling that negative emotion was less connected to that negative area. In a study looking at sleep deprivation and loneliness, they found that those who had a low sleep efficiency felt 30% more lonely. Those that were sleep efficient felt 26% less lonely. Those that were sleep deprived were quicker to distance people from themselves, both physically and online. Sleep deprived people were hypersensitive in the parietal and premotor cortex, which is called the near space network in the brain, basically causing a repulsion signal, making subjects feel more threatened by people the sleep-deprived participants felt more lonely after interacting with other sleep-deprived participants. Moreover, the sleep-deprived participants thought they were more lonely when they watched videos of their sleep-deprived cells. Analyzing sleep disturbances night-to-night allowed the researchers to accurately predict how lonely one would feel the next day. In terms of mental illnesses, research shows comorbidity between insomnia and MDD or major depressive disorder in an an increase in anxiety for those that undergo sleep deprivation. As for cognitive impairment, research shows decreased brain activity in nearly every area, especially the cortothalamic network, which mediates attention and higher order cognitive processes under short and long-term sleep deprivation. Although a systematic review of cognition and sleep deprivation found that the brain will use more regions Of the brain of itself for certain tasks after sleep deprivation as a sort of compensation. Although it's interesting that there's a compensatory effect, this means the brain is less efficient and using more energy than normal to complete tasks that it would require less energy to do. And remember, the brain is all about efficiency and saving energy. So this isn't a good thing. You're not doing the task better by using more areas of the brain in terms of learning there was a study done where one group got eight hours of sleep the second group got no sleep with no caffeine or other sleep modulators they found that the group that didn't sleep was 40 percent less effective at forming new memories 40 percent that's the difference between a spectacular success on an exam and a fabulous failure on an exam Moreover, the hippocampus, the part of the brain involved in forming memories, had no significant activity in the sleep-deprived group. This shows that the brain is nearly incapable of effectively learning after sleep deprivation. And for the students listening to this, they did a study where researchers attached wearables that would track sleep duration and quality to 88 students in a chemistry class at MIT for one semester. And if you don't know MIT, the Massachusetts, Massachusetts Institute of Technology is a very prestigious school here in America. And so the people that go there are pretty intelligent. And for one semester, they looked at a chem class, a freshman, I think. Uh, And every single student that got a 90 or above in the class had a sleep time of between 7 to 9 hours. The researchers found that greater sleep consistency, better sleep quality, and longer sleep quantity accounted for about 25% of the variance in overall grade performance in the students. They also concluded that the results of an exam were based on an entire month's sleep rather than the night before. This coincides with other studies and in greater understanding of sleep that says sleep is necessary bo- both before and after learning for effective memory consolidation and learning. You need sleep before learning so that your brain is functioning at peak capacity, and you need sleep after learning so that your hippocampus, which is kind of like a USB drive that has about 16 hours worth of memory that you can write onto it. Uh, It creates all the memories within one day. And then while you're going to sleep, it transcodes and does a bunch of cool things that we'll talk about later uh, at a later episode, where it converts all of those memories from the formation and it puts it into the cool SSD and forms them as long-term memories in the prefrontal cortex. And so, yeah, you need sleep to learn effectively. Uh, Research with over 4,000 participants found that that an insomnia and sleep-deprived group were significantly less productive as well at work. Uh, They had significantly lower performance at work and significantly worse health outcomes compared to the sleep-sufficient group. Uh, So yeah, if you don't sleep, every single facet of your life goes to crap. You'll live for a shorter amount of time. You'll have less control over your emotions and emotional responses. You're more likely to get a variety of diseases. You'll be more stupid, and you will, quite simply, live a more garbage life comparative to if you just slept well. And before we get to how to sleep better. We should also discuss how hypersomnia, sleeping too much, is also bad for your health. Just hitting the bullet points hypersomnia is related to, increased all-cause mortality, increased risk factors involved in cardiovascular problems, increased risk of breast cancer in women, and increased chance to relapse into mania or hypomania, comorbid with depressive disorders, 27 to 47 percent comorbid with anxiety disorders, reduced slow wave activity involved in restoration and maintenance in MDD, major depressive disorder, reduced attention span, and memory deficits. And before we get on how to sleep better, I'm going to blue ball you. We're going to take a break. I need to drink some water. And then we will talk about how to sleep better because I've probably scared you. So take a minute while this ad plays to process everything you've just heard. Now that you've had a moment to process uh, all of those effects of sleep deficiency and how even losing one day of sleep in your life over the past however many years you've been alive has affected you, we get to the question, how do you sleep well? How do you sleep better? Now that I've scared you, you let's tell you how to actually go to sleep and sleep better. If you have insomnia Uh, how to figure that out. Uh, And we'll start there at insomnia. Insomnia will be discussed more in the next episode. But to put simply, uh, generally, insomnia has two causes. One, as we mentioned before, you're not following your circadian clock, and that you're just not sleepy, to put simply, you're just not meant to be asleep then, so your body doesn't go to sleep. Um, And so then, you know, that's an issue, which is if you have work or school, you can only do so much. That's one of the reasons that uh, school times uh, is being pushed to be further for high school students uh, recently. And uh, some of the places and areas that have pushed or later school start times for the, the middle school and high school kids have found very good increases in grades. So that's why we vote, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you can't do anything about it. It's just, you know, luck of the draw, you, society hates you. If you're a night, if you're an evening type, uh you know, if you're in school, it's nothing you can, well, if you're in college, you actually can make your schedule. But if you're in high school or middle school, sorry, you're just gonna have to die. But when you get to college, uh, make sure that your schedule is fitted in a way where you can sleep later at night, and you can get your full eight, no, seven to nine hours. And the second cause of insomnia will be anxiety or life stressors. Really, anxiety has been one of the biggest uh, parts of insomnia, and we'll talk about that more. And so you have to deal with your anxiety and stress, and that will more or less fix your insomnia. So do that. Uh, Also, if you don't get enough daylight in the morning and you look at screens too much before bed, your bed Your like, your sleep will be less efficient. You've probably heard this how to sleep better avoid screens. Uh, Although this advice isn't one I always follow avoid screens one to two hours before bed. And if that's too much, maybe you are like me, and you're always on your computer or whatever, maybe you read on an iPad, which even reading on an iPad will even though it's relaxing, because you're still reading, reading an actual book, is a lot superior to it. Reading on an iPad, they did an experiment and they found people that read on the iPad had a harder time getting to sleep and their sleep was more disturbed and they woke up feeling less refreshed than those that read a normal book. So, try to avoid the screens. But one thing that you absolutely should do is dim the lights in your house as you approach bedtime, about one to three hours before bed. It'll trigger your circadian oscillator and release melatonin, which is too complex for this episode. We'll talk about it at a later date. Uh, So, turn the lights down, dim them later at night. Don't keep the lights on at the same brightness the entire day. It's just not a good idea. And if you actually do have insomnia and you just cannot sleep, uh, get out of your bed and do something relaxing in a different room, uh, like reading a book and then go back to bed when you're sleepy. Yes, you may lose a bit of sleep. Your brain, however, is an incredibly associative device. So if you're not sleeping in your room, don't associate your room with not sleeping. You want to associate your bed and your room with sleep. Uh, and so avoid your bed while you're awake as well so when you're awake after you wake up in the morning after you get out of bed don't go back into bed unless you're going to sleep and which and we'll talk about naps in a second so yes avoid your bed unless you're asleep and avoid alcohol i don't know how many of you drink or how many of you are even old to drink don't just avoid alcohol as I, I think alcohol's stupid, and this is another reason. Alcohol is not a sleeping aid. Alcohol is a sedative. It'll make you pass out, not help you sleep. Alcohol increases sleep fragmentation, meaning you'll wake up during the night more often, which will make you more sleepy in the morning. It'll reduce your REM sleep, which has a slew of consequences that we'll talk about later uh, at a later date. And it reduces neural activity which is important in sleep efficiency. Avoid sleeping pills for the same reasons. They sedate you. They do not help you sleep. Also, avoid caffeine if you're having trouble sleeping. If you're having a hard time sleeping, avoid caffeine. Caffeine has a half life of five to six hours and a quarter life of 12 hours, meaning if you drink a cup of coffee at 12 in the afternoon, 12 p.m., and you go to bed at 12 a.m., it's like you drank a fourth of a cup of coffee right before getting into bed. Caffeine will also affect your sleep efficiency. Although you can be tactical with caffeine, avoid it about 14 hours before bed. So that means if you are going to drink coffee, You should drink it about one to two hours after you wake up, like right after you wake up. And naps, although naps aren't inherently horrible, and we'll touch on naps more later, at a later date, if you're having trouble sleeping, don't take naps. It messes with your process S of sleeping. We talked about process C, which was a circadian rhythm, and then there's process S, which is sleep pressure. And this is simply the longer that you're awake, the more sleepy that you're gonna feel. That's not rocket science. That makes sense. And the reason for that is adenosine, which again, a later date. Don't treat sleep like a credit system. Sleep is not a credit system. You cannot go to sleep for five hours for four days and then sleep an extra three hours for T-days. The damage of sleep deficiency is immediate and insidious. Sleep is not a credit system. And although some of the more intellectually savvy people listening uh, may have heard the word sleep debt before, that word is a misnomer referring to sleep pressure. Have a wind down routine one to two hours before bed. Have a routine for relaxing, going away from the stressors of life, and just chilling the F out for a bit. Dim the lights, take a hot bath, turn the temperature down, read the book, etc. Whatever chills you out, preferably not on a screen uh, if, again, you're having trouble with sleeping. And going further on turning the temperature down, the body and the brain need to drop a few degrees in order to fall asleep. The circadian rhythm affects this. Uh, It will, you know, drop some temperature as you get later uh, into the night. And taking a hot bath before bed will cause vasodilation, which means blood rushing to the surface of your, like, skin which will cause the body to radiate a lot of heat. Uh, Wearing socks will also signal the body to release heat from its core. It's easier to sleep in a cold room than in a hot room, so turn the temperature down, keep it cool. Uh, I'm going to clump the next two together. Exercise and watch your diet. Exercise improves sleep quality and sleep latency. Don't eat garbage and don't eat too close to bed. It could increase gastric activity, making sleep more challenging, but don't starve either. The hunger might wake you up. Next, be social. Sleep loss makes you more lonely. Better social relationships, however, are correlated to better sleep onset latency times. I say correlated because the reason could be a plethora of things. It could just be a lack of anxiety, which means less insomnia. Uh, Meditate. Meditation is extremely effective at reducing sleep onset time and increasing sleep efficiency. Problems with insomnia are helped with meditation. Stress and negative feelings are reduced with meditation and rumination is correlated to increased sleep onset time. So meditation as with everything we talk about helps a lot. Finally probably the most important tip is regularity. Regularity is the most powerful tool for decreasing sleep latency, onset, onset time. Uh, did I? I hope I mentioned what that means. But yeah, that's how quick you fall asleep, as well as sleep efficiency. And sleep efficiency is like how restorative and how quote, good, end quote, your sleep is. Uh, what this means is going to bed regular, what regularity means is going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time every single day. No weekends, no vacations, no breaks every day. Go to bed at your circadian time and wake up at your circadian time. Sleep without an alarm to figure out how long you need to sleep and make sure you get enough darkness to figure out when your natural time of sleep is. Irregular sleep patterns will not only lead to circadian misalignment, but are associated with altered sleep onset times and shorter sleep duration, both of which contribute to circadian misalignment. Sleep regularity mediates sleep onset time, and circadian alignment on daytime function. Sleep regularity is also connected to significant increases in morning and evening happiness, as well as improved well-being, healthiness, and calmness during the week. Avoid sleeping in on weekends or days off because that quote sleep recovery end quote will make you feel unrested and on the day you try to go to bed normally, productivity will decrease the next day and it'll make it harder to sleep. So if you sleep in on Friday and Saturday over the weekend and you try to go to sleep at a normal time on Sunday, it'll be harder to sleep on Sunday, and your productivity on Monday will be lower. And that is the first episode of Sleep, Circadian Rhythms, Sleep Deficiency, and How to Sleep Better. Today, we talked about process C of sleep, the circadian rhythm, which regulates your internal systems, including sleep, and different people have different circadian rhythms that could, that should, that must be followed. Uh, We learned that sleep deficiency will destroy every facet of your being, even your genetic material, and we learned that you should go to bed and wake up at the same time every day for the healthiest sleep Thank you for listening. More to come next week. See you then. Peace.